The Sabbath. Doesn't that sound lovely to practice regularly, to have a day of the week where you just delight in what God has given you and the people around you and nature and whatever it is that you love? Well, the thing is, you can do that. And actually, God really, really wants us all to do that. And today we're going to talk about Sabbath and how it applies to us in modern day culture, wherever you're listening from, and hopefully encourage you that by building in practices like the Sabbath, it can absolutely transform your weight loss journey and so many areas of your life. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Fit Moms podcast, where we believe that you can go on a journey to lose weight for the last time. I know you've tried all the things and you may not believe me yet, but when you do weight loss the Kingdom Fit Moms way, everything changes. You are in the right place if weight is constantly on your mind, you're confused about food, you're missing out on memories, and maybe even putting your dreams off for another day because this weight struggle is no joke. We're a community and we're on a mission to invite God into this weight loss journey so you can shed the burden and shine your light. I want you to start living and believing in the version of yourself that heaven sees. Let's get started. You may already know this, but the word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which literally means to stop. And I've learned about the Sabbath many times, just as you probably have too in your Christian walk, but I was re-reminded of the importance as I went through the book recently, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. If you want to know more about that book, you can go back three episodes to episode 55 and listen to our book club review on that book, but it has really been transformational in my life, and I think it will be for you too. But Sabbath, let's talk about it a little bit and just kind of go back to the basics of what it is, why it's important, you know, what God intended it for. And I say all of this out of a place of I'm very much practicing and I'm very much in process. I don't have all the answers. I might tell you something wrong. So, um, you know, just come along this journey with me and just start this process of considering what could this look like for me? So a Sabbath, a day to stop, like literally a day to stop, to stop worrying, to stop working, to stop wanting for more. And in Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, the author, John Comer, he points out that Sabbath is really, it's ironic because if you look at lifestyle magazines, for example, You'll see these lovely women in their bathrobes, on their fancy couches, sipping wine at three o'clock with their best friend or, you know, um, you know, families playing games together or people sitting out on their porch. And it all portrays something that we so deeply desire doing these things, watching movies with your kids with a bowl of popcorn on your lap, right? We long to have desires met like this, to be really present and to play, relax, and just enjoy our lives, right? 
And yet, if you're anything like me, and I, again, I very much say this out of being in progress, definitely not out of being in a place of perfection, but I have known for a long time that it's hard for me to stop and just enjoy. That's something I've struggled with. And in fact, I used to see this as a waste of time. Like there were things that need done, right? But now I really see it differently. And I see the value in stopping and delighting in just being still in what God has blessed me with in my life. Comer, he also goes over a list of characteristics of restfulness versus restlessness. And I thought it might be kind of nice to just read these to you to see where you feel like you land. Maybe take a self-assessment before we dive into the whole Sabbath conversation. I think I'll start with restlessness because it's probably more common. And then we'll finish with the list of good news of where we could all be when we learn to practice Sabbath things. So busyness, hurry, noise, isolation, crowds, distraction, envy, confusion, greed, discontentment, worry, anger, angst, melancholy, sadness, anxiety, working for love, and work as accumulation and accomplishment. Can you relate to any of those? Um, maybe you're like me and you have little kids and noise will come with Sabbathing or not. And, you know, of course there are seasons where there's a little bit more angst or discontentment or even busyness, busy, you know, Jesus, as he talks about in the book, Jesus was busy, but he really knew where to put his priorities. So now let's go on to the better list, the restfulness list. So this list includes margin, slowness, and quiet, deep relationships, time alone, delight, enjoyment, clarity, gratitude, contentment, trust, love, joy, peace, working from love instead of working for love, and work as contribution instead of work as accumulation and accomplishment. Wow. Talk about convicting, right? And how much do you so desire that second list? I know I do. So now that we kind of have that in the back of our mind, where we're heading and where we want to be, just as far as life goals, right? Um, Let's just talk a little bit more about why does the Sabbath even matter? And then how do we actually do this Sabbath thing? How do we practically make this happen in our whirlwind lives when we have so many things going on and it seems practically impossible to stop and slow down? So one thing I've noticed is that people who really Sabbath on a regular basis, they do it with a lot of intention and they basically set themselves up to have that day of rest. It can't be something that just happens. It can't be something where um, you maybe you're Sabbathing on Saturday and you get to Friday night and you're like, oh, tomorrow's our day of rest. Let's just see what happens. What I have learned is that people they work hard during their week so that they can have this day of rest. And one of the things mentioned in Comer's book is he says something like people who Sabbath, they live all seven days differently. And it was just this idea that we work for six days and 
on those six days, we make sure that we are set up to fully enjoy that seventh day of rest and delight and just being with people that we love. And now that's not to say that you can't enjoy those other six days, but I think there's just a different mentality around them. You know, it's working for purpose, working maybe to make money or around your home or with your kids. And then on that seventh day, it's sitting back and just looking around you and just basking in the glory of all that you had. I think it just raises up this sense of gratitude. Like how can, if you really practice Sabbath, I think it's pretty hard to live without a sense of gratitude. I also think it's interesting to look at Jesus and what he did. Um, But I love how Jesus talks about how the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Now, this was at the time, from my understanding, to break off some of the legalism around it. And of course, now we've taken this too far in the other direction where most of the time we just completely neglect the Sabbath, except where are my Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby lovers out there, because thank you CEOs of those companies for just taking this commandment seriously and even more so letting your people have a day off. I think that that is really honorable. I want to read to you this quote by A.J. Swoboda. And again, this is referenced in the book that I've said a bunch of times, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, but he says, The Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church, which has critically mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. The result? Our road-weary, exhausted churches have largely failed to integrate Sabbath into their lives as vital elements of Christian discipleship. It is not as though we do not love God. We love God deeply. We just do not know how to sit with God anymore. And he continued, We have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, spiritually malnourished people in history. Wow. Now, (laughs) that is convicting, my friends. I find it so refreshing to think about how Sabbath is a gift from our Creator to joyfully receive all blessings and to stop working and to just delight. And maybe you're thinking, okay, Kelsey, we get it. It's good to practice the Sabbath. Obviously, there will be fruit in our lives from doing that. We can live this lifestyle magazine, a little little bit of that that's in the magazine, right? But what does all of this have to do with weight loss? Well, so many women struggle with feeling overwhelmed. That is a very common topic that comes up when we work together, that there's no time to cook or meal plan or have time for self. And when you have time to delight and spend time focusing on why you're created and being with your people and really appreciating the good in your life, it helps you to remember why you're alive and to reconnect to things of the spirit, right? Now, again, I told you on last week's podcast how we we had an especially excellent Sabbath where we played in the snow and then we all napped and we ate a really simple meal with minimal cleanup and it really just lit up my soul, right? And when we stop to be with our people, it gives us a renewed reminder of why we're even fighting for our health, you know? I mean, think about it. If you only were getting in shape to get in shape, then you will easily give up because there's no greater incentive. But 
if you're getting in shape so that you can get on the floor to play with your kids or to be a fit grandma who can keep up with your grandkids or to avoid passing on diabetes in your family or whatever that is, it just reminds us that the whole point of going on this health journey, it's not to get skinny and fit in clothes and do all this for ourselves. Now, of course, we can certainly enjoy all of those benefits of feeling confident and sexy, but the greatest benefit is that when we are aligned with our health, we have the space for so many other things. We aren't wasting precious brain space on thoughts around what to eat or what clothes to wear, or feeling embarrassed around other people. So the Sabbath health connection, it's just this beautiful cyclical connection. You get healthy so that you can better enjoy your Sabbath and use Sabbath so that you can have a more successful journey to physical health and weight loss, right? And, you know, when you're, when you're really walking in alignment spiritually with your heavenly father, then there's such a connection to the physical because when your physical body is in alignment with his perfect ways, you don't feel sluggish. You don't have sugar crashes. You're energetic and you're thriving and you can better receive things of the spirit. And it's just this beautiful union. You can hear more from your creator because you have the space to do so. You have energy to go explore and do all that he's called you to do. You can play unapologetically and express yourself through movement. And, and the Sabbath, it reminds you of the joy of connecting. It motivates you to continue. It reminds you that life is about more than the scale or your clothes or being fit. It reminds you that weight loss, weight loss is worth pursuing but especially weight loss in a way that leads you to freedom, not being enslaved by another man-made system, because who wants that, right? And the Sabbath, it can give you rest physically so that you can gear up and do what you need to do all week, including get your workouts in or have the energy to meal plan. And you can work better during the week because you took off that day to recuperate. So I think this is such a cool example of the upside down kingdom of God, right? Like it can seem rational to take that seventh day to just go, go, go and do, 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 because, you know, who has time to stop? But God's ways are so much better. And we have to keep reminding ourselves that simple, but not so simple fact, um, that when we follow his ways, even when it seems crazy, it will lead to an accelerated result. So a few tips for Sabbathing. Because again, I know that this can be a transition. We are still trying to figure out what works best for our family. But I think one of the first things that you should do if you're listening to this and you're married is to talk to your spouse and sit down and have a conversation and come up with a plan. Now, if your spouse is not on board with having a Sabbath, then have him go read the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Or I'm sure there are other good books that help to really explain and get you excited about the Sabbath. And I would also suggest doing a little work ahead of time when you finally decide on what your Sabbath is going to look like to specifically get meals ready because you don't want to just have a day where you're like, okay, I'm going to take a whole day off from doing all the things around the house, for example. And then you get to your Sabbath day and you're like, well, I have nothing prepared. So I'm going to eat 
um, cinnamon rolls and frozen pizza and whatever comes up, right? We want you to continue to be healthy as best you can. I'm not saying you can never enjoy these things, but you get the point. I also think that it's helpful to choose a cleanings and errands day the day before your Sabbath, or at least, you know, in that window a few days before, so that you don't have last minute things that come up and you're like, oh, I got to go do this. Also, I encourage you, this is something that some friends encouraged me about when I was getting started. And it's just that it's so, it's so freeing to start slow and to not try to say like, okay, I have to go from sundown to sundown and I can't touch anything that has to do with cleaning and have to be perfect. No, start slow. Maybe it's just a Friday evening and a Saturday morning. And maybe you just decide that you're going to put your computer away if you work at home or you're going to not do any, you know, cleaning around the house. You're going to have everything set up where you can just be present with your kids. Maybe it's a half day in the middle of the week. Maybe it's just you and your spouse. You take a half day while the kids are at daycare. Maybe you have the flexibility to do that. Maybe it's three hours on a Saturday afternoon where you are committing to taking a nap. If you have, again, depending on your season of life, if you have kids that are not independent, I totally understand that it is very hard to feel like you are actually resting on your Sabbath. So maybe you swap with your spouse. Like maybe one Sabbath, the husband, your husband is more in charge of the kids and you get to go take a nap or vice versa. Um, there, some of the moms, when I, last summer I went to a retreat and some of the moms were talking about, um, like she has a rule that she sleeps in on her Sabbath day. No one's allowed to come in. And she's like, I don't even care what my kids are watching, uh, for that time. Like just, you know, set your TV up so that they can help themselves and I'm sleeping in to rest. And so you don't need to get legalistic about this. Remember what Jesus said, like the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And it's so much more, in my opinion, of a heart posture. It's really, Being able to receive his goodness and rest and delight and again, receiving that from your father and agreeing that the world does not revolve around your ability to get things done or to do the next task, but rather we are created to be present and to be connected to our heavenly father. My point in all of this is that if you are go, 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 go all the time, and you are neglecting God's perfect gifts and his desire for you to rest and specifically Sabbath, you're going to probably have a hard time losing weight and especially sustaining it. These are kingdom principles that we want to use in life, but also in weight loss. And this is the kingdom fit mom's way and the type of breakthroughs that you get when you join us inside of Fit Moms Accelerator. So remember that the first five spots in Fit Moms Accelerator this month in December will be getting a lovely Christmas gift from me in the mail, and we're going to have a lot of fun getting you started on your weight loss goals before the new year hits, so you can be rolling in momentum, relaying those health foundations now, getting ahead so you're not joining in all the back to gym craziness on January 1. And really, there's no better time than right now to get started on this weight loss journey, especially when you know that you can go on a weight loss journey for the last time with God at the center of it all. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Hey, Fit Mom. 
If this episode blessed you today and you can think of somebody else who's struggling in her weight loss journey, would you consider sharing this week's episode with her to give her a sense of hope? And then while you're at it, hop on over to our free Facebook community, Kingdom Fit Moms, for daily encouragement and support. Let's go shed the weight to shine the